previously on the one man show how was the climb getting up there because we've all been at minimum wage jobs we've all been at jobs that wasn't the best but maybe we learned something maybe we just picked up a few things that led us to where we are today so i figure you know what might be a little bit a little interesting for me to share my resume with you guys Welcome to episode 42 of the One Man Show. I'm calling this moments that had an impact on my life. And you guys know what I mean. Everyone has had moments in their life that they will never forget that has been very impactful in some way or has shaped them, has molded them to who they are today. And I've had a bunch of them. But today, I'm going to just share with you guys six of them. And I kind of put this list together. And again, I have, as you can imagine, like you and anyone else, I have a lot of them. But if there's six that I could pick out, I know such an odd number. I picked these six and I wanted to share them with you. And I really think that, you know, uh, they had an impact on me. And somewhere in my life, I learned from it, and it shaped me to who I am today. So moments that had an impact on my life. Number one, when I was in high school, I was about freshman. It was freshman year, and we was at PE, and we had to run around the, the gym. And now, growing up, I wasn't the most athletic, and my dad wasn't there for the athletic moments. Though he was there early on in my life, he never really taught me how to throw a football, never taught me how to throw a basketball. I never learned any of that. So I was really a, a really awkward sort of kid uh, from 11 or 12 years old to high school. So good chunk of my life, I was awkward. I was very, very self-conscious. I was very low on self-esteem. I wasn't proud of my athletic skills because again I didn't grow up with it I didn't learn it no one taught me it this first moment that had an impact was um, this we were going around the gym and then when the run was over I went on the side and I'll never forget this this kid came up to me and he asked me a really legit question at the time it was very hurtful but now I look back on it he was just curious that's all I don't think he was trying to tease me or anything. And I'll never forget this moment because he asked me, why do you run funny? Yeah, he asked me, why do you run funny? And I had no answer. I was like, I don't, I don't know how I run, you know. But that one question really would affect me for the next, the next few years of my life. And I... I felt ashamed. I felt weird. I felt awkward. But I took that moment and I said, okay, I got to do something about it because I don't want to look funny running around PE and everybody's looking at me. So I became very self-conscious. And what I did was something really weird. 
And we lived in an apartment. We had a two-bedroom apartment. It must have been no more than 400 square feet, honestly. And my mom had the master bedroom, which is really not that big now that I look at it, back on it, but it was bigger than my my uh, bedroom. But she had this little runway. Uh, by runway, I mean this little space that I could run and I could see myself in the mirror on the dresser. So there was this dresser with her clothes in it, and then there's a mirror on top of it. If you guys you know remember from the 70s, the 80s, yeah, these wooden dressers with the mirror on it, she had one of those. And I remember going at the back of her room, I would run towards the mirror, and I would have to turn because there wasn't much space to run. But in that one second, really, literally, it was one second, I would look at my run in the mirror, and I would try to get better at it and teach myself how to run. I also, when I was outside, I would run past cars and I would look in the mirrors while I'm running. And I would obsess over this uh, for a moment in my life and to try to figure out how the hell to run. Look, there was no YouTube, okay? There was no videos on running or anything like that. Uh, no one taught it because you just learn how to run. It was one of those things where you just, you there was no you know, instruction book. I just had to teach myself how to run. And eventually I would, as I got older and I got into high school at one of my friends, uh, David, he taught me how to run because he was in cross country. So thank you, David. And we would run together and I got into biathlon, triathlons and, you know, marathons and the rest is history. But yeah, I'll never forget that question. Uh, you know, why, why do you run funny? And it's funny because like a month, a month or two ago, I was at one of my clients' place, and I was, um, you know, training him. And then the guy that came in had to check his alarms in his house. And that guy was this kid that asked me, why do you run funny? And I didn't tell him that. I didn't, you know, because that was a long time ago. He obviously forgot. But I just said, hey, I remember you, you know. I think we had PE together or whatever, and. I didn't talk about this, but it's funny how how everything just aligned and I just saw him recently. But yeah, that, that really affected my self-esteem. Um, eventually, I get over it. Number two, the baseball story with my grandpa. And I've never shared this one really with anyone. So this made me believe in a higher power. This really made me believe in a higher power. And you call it whatever you want. All right, I'm going to call it God. I'm going to call it heaven. I'm going to call it really a higher power. This is around 1995. And I remember specifically because my grandpa passed away in 1995. And I'm in high school. And I think it's sophomore year. And we're in class. And the teacher says, okay, we're going to listen to this story about this boy and his grandpa. Now, the boy... Um, had his grandpa take him to baseball practice every time. And every every time after school, he'd pick him up, take him to practice. And one of those days, for some reason, he didn't pick him up. And the boy wondered, why did my grandpa not come? What's happening? He didn't know anything, right? So he ends up going to practice. But he finds out later that his grandpa is in the hospital. And he goes to the hospital. And gosh, it was a really dramatic story. I mean, really, it's... This one affected me for a while, too. And the the grandpa said, um, I'm not doing good, Junior, or whatever his name was. And I'm pretty much going to go to heaven. 
and there's this long story, you know, the boy was crying and the boy said, but who's going to take me to baseball practice and who's going to take me to this and why don't get it? And he said, you know, look at that rainbow up there. I'm always going to be there. I'm always going to be watching you. I'm always going to be there for you. And me and my grandpa was really close, really close. He treated me like a son. Uh, he treated me and my two brothers like like his own. And I was his favorite because I was the youngest. So as a baby, he'd take me, you know, in a stroller and we feed birds and, you know, we do all kinds of things. And I eventually I'll get into an episode just dedicated to my grandpa because he had a really big impact on my life and my whole family and um so yeah there's this baseball story and then after the baseball story grandpa passes away and then the teacher in our class says okay we're gonna play one sweet day by boys to men and mariah carey and i don't know why that song related to this i don't know how it why it added up but that's exactly what happened we listened to the story first and then he played that song now a week later i got a call from my mom and my mom said your grandpa is in the hospital and my grandma my mom didn't sound good it's it sounded more like i don't want to talk about it but basically i think at this point you know your grandpa passed away but she didn't tell me that she just said hurry up go to the hospital grandpa's in there and by the time i got there he passed away it was too late and um so this song would always make me think about him and i for years to come i could not hear that song every time that song came on one sweet day by boys to men and mariah carey i would have to change the channel it was just too much for me uh but the coincidence here again the coincidence and this is why i believe in a higher power there's got to be something out there but at this moment i believed in it because what is the coincidence of a story like that me listening that to hearing that in school and then only a week later my grandpa passing away so i believe in my heart with without a shadow of the doubt it's not coincidence i believe that this is a sign and this was a sign that my grandpa was going to pass away. And a week later, he ended up passing away. So the, the, the coincidence and all that, you can say whatever you want. But I truly believe like this was a sign. And I do believe we, get, we do have signs. And all you can do is pay attention to the signs. Whatever you believe in, I believe in it. And just spend as much time as you can with your loved ones. Because you just never know. And again, a week later, my grandpa was gone. So that, yeah, that moment affected me, but it also made me believe in a higher power. And I truly believe that, you know, there is something out there and there is life after death. And everyone has their own beliefs, but that's my belief. And that's the story that made me believe it. Number three, depression. I went through depression for a good year of my life. And it affected me years for years, many years, even though I would get over it. I I still went through it. It still bothered me for years to come. But dealing with depression, uh, for me, and this is why I relate to a lot of my friends. I relate to a lot of people who are struggling because I went through it. So I had anxiety slash depression. I even had to uh, take medication for it. Because every day would feel like 
and this is how I explain it. Everybody's experience with it is different. But you ever get nervous before you have to get up in front of a class and you have to do public speaking or maybe you have a big day and you're super nervous and your heart's beating fast and you feel butterflies, not the good kind of butterflies, but you feel like just worried and jittery. And, and so that was my experience with depression. The only problem was I had I struggled with the depression and the anxiety for the whole day, 24 hours a day. I would constantly worry, and this really took years off of my life. I can't tell you how many years it affected me for, but during this one year in particular that I'm talking about it, it was the most severe, and I just I, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't shake it off, and I'm an athlete. I've done triathlons, marathons, and you are built to be strong, but I could not shake this one off. So I had to go to the doctor and I had to get medication and it helped with keeping me calm, slowing down my heart rate, and I felt you know a whole lot better. But it was a dark period of my life and I was not good with my family. I was I lost a lot of friends, uh, not because I had conflict or anything, but we just you know we had our own lives and I just disconnected with a lot of people and I was just focusing on my own so I didn't have really anybody to turn to I had like one or two friends that I could turn to but I really felt alone during this time and the way I got through it was exercise was fitness big surprise right but I could not what was scary was going home to an empty apartment and just the darkness of that apartment, just the silence, it felt like it was a weight on my shoulders. It was just like a big weight coming down on me. And I tried my best to stay out. This sounds weird. I tried to stay out as long as I could before I could come home. Because I knew coming home, there would be silence and I'd be all alone. And it would hurt even more. And the worst thing you can be stuck with is your own thoughts. So worked out at the gym i worked out as long as i could i went for a jog i went for a run started taking up yoga classes and that really helped me out and i took that for a whole good year and just to be around other people in the class made me feel like i'm not alone and that's you know i don't i haven't shared this much but that's really what i did to overcome this and i just do yoga class after yoga class and i would just want to be around people even though i didn't know anyone i didn't talk to anyone um, I just needed to be around people at this point. And eventually I, you know, I got over the depression and I figured out my life. And, uh, but, but if there's any one thing, if we're talking about moments that had an impact on my life, that might be the one, uh, struggle in my life that I, that affected me probably more than anything, even being uh, living in my car. Uh, it really takes a toll on your heart, really takes a toll on your soul. And even though you get over it, there's still things in there that you continue to, to live with as the years go on. And I can't even tell you to this day if I'm 100% fully over it, I'll be honest with you. And it's been over 10 years. There's still remnants of it there's still little pieces here and there little moments i have but i can't tell you i'm 100 percent over it there's times i have different feelings and different moods and 
but overall i'm a happy person and overall i'm you know i've come a long way and i'm happy where with where i am today but that part of my life was pretty hard depression anxiety and all i can say is if you have friends family members that are struggling through it just be there as much as you can talk with them just be there just give them an ear you don't have to say anything but let them know that you're there for them because you know we know the next stage of depression we know it can get way worse and i wish at that time i wish i had more friends to be around i wish i had more people to talk to because i was just at a low point in my life and this is around the time that i was unemployed for a year too so everything was just crashing down in that one year but yeah, be there for your friends, be there for your family. You just never know what someone's going through. Number four, I was learning how to deal with anger. So the girlfriend I was with at the time, she made me realize that when we argued and everything, I had a bad temper. And I didn't realize that, but we kind of grew up with that. So I yelled, I yelled. And I was, and I think that came from a previous relationship that I was you know, I came from a, a kind of a toxic and and, and ag aggressive relationship. We we yelled, we argued. So I took this into the next relationship, and the girlfriend that I was with at that time said, "Uh-uh, no, something's wrong. You need to get this under control." So I started working on it. She made me aware of it, and this one moment, I went to my brother's place, and I don't know what happened but we got into it and my brothers all of us in general really like we become like pit bulls like we get aggressive when we get mad we get mad i mean we can yell the top of our lungs and it's scary i don't have that as much anymore i've i've learned to deal with it i know some of you listening to this are like no you don't have a temper trust me i had a temper but it sometimes it takes someone from the outside looking in to wake you up and say hey you're acting that way because you can't see it for yourself so me and my brother i'm at his place and we end up arguing and i don't know why we argue to this day but i remember him i'm sitting down i remember him standing right above me and just yelling like a just like a like a bear like a ferocious bear growling yelling at me and um I remember what, you know, my girlfriend said at the time. And I, I said, I'm going to talk calm. I'm going to stay calm. I did the wildest thing. I did the, the thing that I never thought I would do in my life. I sat there and I took it. I didn't stand up. I didn't yell back. I took it. And I think eventually it ended with, you know what? Um, I'm just going to leave. I don't think I can take this anymore. And in the past, we would just yell at each other. I mean, I would come back with something. He would come back with something. I hardly fought with my brothers. But when I did, yeah, we would kind of go off like this. But I remember going back to her when I went home. And I just remember breaking down. And I said, "You, I did what you wanted me to do. And I was just emotionally, like, I was an emotional wreck. Because you have someone yelling at you. And you feel, like, so helpless. that like you can't do anything. You can't. You can't fight back. I chose not to fight back. But in that moment, I realized how powerful it is to have control. How powerful it is to not be the one yelling. Not be the one out of control and throwing a tantrum. And to be the one sitting down and calm and taking it in. And 
then you decide to be the 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 more mature one and just stand up and you walk away that took a lot from me at that time and that was a really um a learning moment in my life i realized that the person in control is the person that's the most calm and the person that's that has that can keep that composure that's the person in control even though some people think no i'm in control because i'm yelling and i'm i'm getting every word in and and i'm interrupting the person no you're not in control the person in control is the one that can keep a cool head and can keep calm and can walk away when the situation is getting too out of control and it was in that moment that i learned that as long as i could keep things under control and i could keep my emotions under control that i had the upper hand and that i was i was the one in control and that was a really important lesson and i'm not perfect to this day but i'm a whole lot better than before and that you know it was that moment that woke me up uh number five we're narrowing it down we're starting to wind down a little bit number five it was when my dad was in hospice and i saw my mom at his bedside and i'll never forget this moment i shared this in a past episode with celebrating my my dad's birthday month right if you guys go past go back like i don't know five six episodes you guys can find it but i'll never forget the room was dark the light was just shining on the bed my mom was at his bedside we were getting news from the doctor and my mom held his hand and mind you they've been divorced at this moment at this point they were divorced for about 20 years after all the things he did and and the arguments and everything she was still there by his side till the end and she held his hand and i'll never forget this image in my head still to this day the whole room dark just that light shining down on both of them and that taught me loyalty that taught me you know as a man as a man you are almost nothing without a strong woman by your side and having a strong woman by your side having a woman that that uh will be there for you and that has your back through thick and thin and has that forgiveness and till the day you die um they are they are there for you is a powerful thing almost you know that's your secret weapon right there if you find a good woman and she does all that and you put her through hell and she's still there man hold on tight to that one because that's exactly what my mom was she was the rock and she was there to the end and she took care of his affairs even though she didn't have to because that wasn't her husband anymore but you know she did it and just that vision of them um, him in his bed her holding his hand really affected me and i just i i i guess this one you could say i learned what loyalty is i learned what standing by someone's side is to the very end even though you guys are not on good terms or forgiveness i think is a big lesson and my mom forgave and my mom was there get a good woman man let me tell you if you're a guy you're listening to this right now get a good woman and you'll know she'll be there to the end and she'll stick by your side all right last one 
And this one happened when I came back from my last trip, was Canada, Canada, New York. And I went to visit my mom, and I think I was, I might have shared this in a previous episode, but I I came home from my trip, and I told her, um, you know, I got a client on your side where she lives. And I said, let me just drop off breakfast, because I got an hour. I got a, I got a little time to kill. I can't stay with you to eat, but I can drop off breakfast. And I remember dropping off breakfast, and she came out. And it hit me so hard. Like her hair was gray. Her hair was down. It wasn't even, she usually has her hair like, you know, permed or, or, you know, kind of standing up. It was gray. She looked skinnier. She looked older. And I only, I just didn't see her for like a couple weeks or so. Like I was just gone for, you know, nine days or 10 days. But I remember just seeing that in that moment, looking at her and being like, wow. Time has flown by. Like, my mom is aging, and she's getting older, and, like, I'm really sad about that. And it really hit me, just that visual. Now, <clears throat> don't get worried. My mom was actually fine. What what <laughs> what happened was she just didn't go to the beauty shop at that point, and she was having a bad hair day. And, <clears throat> you know, they, she looks a lot better when she after the beauty shop. But at that time, she just didn't go. So, but me seeing that visual is like, I just got worried and I just could not shake that off. I could, I could not. And the next day I remember calling her um, in the morning and just checking on her just because I, as crazy as it sounds, I'm thinking like, am I going to lose her soon? You know, she just doesn't look good, but she was just having a bad hair day. (laughs) But uh, whatever it was, it made me wake up because when I called her the next day, I talked to her like she's talking to me, okay? She's fine. She's like, yeah, no problem. Um, I did this and I did. I am tearing up on the other side of the phone. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are you tearing up about? She's good. You just caught her on a bad hair day. But times like that, right? Just, I don't know. It's the moment. It's the, the right lighting. It's the uh, whatever. You just look at it and you just it just wakes you up and I was just so afraid to I was afraid of her aging and it just hit me I just was like my mom's growing older and I don't have a lot of time with her and that really hit me and that woke me up so uh, my mom ended up being completely fine but that really affected me and just kind of put things into perspective like hey see her as much as you can you know if you're listening to this like you have a parent still alive a lot of people without parents, they would tell you, you're very lucky. And if you got two parents, bonus. You should be calling them up. You should be checking on them. You should be having lunch with them. You do whatever you can. Because when they're gone, they're gone. And, you know, I lost my dad already. But my mom is my rock. So um, I needed that moment and I just, I'm just a little more aware of it. And I try my best to check in. I try my best to spend as much time as I can with her. And you should too. But those were the moments that had an impact on my life. Just want to share that with you guys. And there's a lot of other moments. But I can only fit in so much on one episode. But I thank you guys for listening. Episode 42. Moments that had an impact on my life. And I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening, and until then, have a great day, and I will talk to you soon.